invite um, Fiona to bring to us a reading from God's Word from Psalm 51. I'll, I'll explain. I think those of you who've been doing our um, church um, kind of exploring through the Bible with Essential 100 will know something of the background, particularly if you've actually um, been in a home group studying this. But I'll, I'll give a bit of the background in a little while. But this is a, a psalm um, which David said, wrote, or um, well, passed on from word of mouth, one would assume, but passed on to us. And the psalm is just really about when David's in a really bad place and he's um, coming to confess and to repent before God. But um, I'll give you a little bit more of the context later. But just, just read it knowing that David's not in a very good place and he would have put his name in the prayer book. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts, you teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So before that song, we just heard Psalm 51, one of the E100 readings, one of the readings that we've been looking at as a church over the past week. And it's one of the many psalms where David is charting how he's feeling. And as we can see from that psalm, if we were listening to it, or we read it during the week possibly, we can see that David is at one of his low points. And I suppose really throughout his psalms, I mean, we we gather that he wrote a lot of them, not all of the psalms, but throughout his psalms, it's kind of really, I suppose, like his spiritual journal. It's a 
music leaders, it's a king's, it's a it's just David's journal of, of where he is with God. And, and we can learn from that because he expresses, you can see the intense relationship that he has with God, that he expresses exactly where he is. I mean, God knows where he is before he expresses it, but he's just having that intimacy of relationship with God, which is absolutely fantastic. And there's such a depth and intensity in the Psalms, which really can speak to us. And that's wonderful. So how was it going? We can see from the Psalm 51, it wasn't going terribly well. David had messed up. If we read from Samuel about David and about his life, we can see that he rose, as it were, to be the anointed leader that God chose him, didn't he, to be the king of people. And, and he, he listened to God and he was obedient to God. But now at this point, he is actually a fallen leader. David, who had, as it said in many points in that Samuel passages, he had inquired of the Lord at every step, but now it had all gone terribly wrong because he'd fancied a woman. We might have read the passage about how he was looking out one day from his palace and he saw Bathsheba, and Bathsheba was good. But Bathsheba and also David were both married. David then made Bathsheba pregnant. And then he decided that that was a bit of a mess, so to get himself out of that mess, he made an even bigger mess. And he sent his, her rather, husband, Uriah the Hittite, as he was known, into the front of the battle, and he was intentionally kind of getting him murdered. So in a short passage of time from the temptation, when he saw Bathsheba and he saw that she was good, that was when he should have actually resisted that temptation, he went forward to compound and really broke at least four commandments as a result of that. So David, who was God's anointed and chosen one. David, who in Psalm 40 verse 8 said that he had the laws within his heart, he broke several of them. And just before Psalm 51, Nathan the prophet had come and he'd spoken using, if you like, by the power empowered by God's Holy Spirit, he spoke into David's situation and David listened and David admitted his sin and now he was distraught. So that is the background to Psalm 51. It's a story of confession, repentance and praise God restoration. And through this psalm we can see how David pleads with God to have mercy on him. For I know my transgressions, my sin is always before me. Against you only I've sinned and I've done evil in your sight. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities, pleaded David. David had sinned, David admitted it, David confessed and repented, and because God honours his promises, David was forgiven, cleansed, healed and restored. Although if we carry on reading the passage in Samuel, he had to live with the consequences of his sin. This week also in the E100, we had another psalm. And this psalm is a psalm of praise to God. We've already sung one of the songs this morning based on this psalm of praise, Psalm 103, where David, because of the forgiveness that God gave him, David could praise God 
for his cleansing, for his restoration of forgiveness. And I read just from Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And it carries on. And he's just, I mean, that is a good day for David. I mean, David actually did sin again, but that's a whole other story. But that is a really good day for David because he knows that he can be forgiven. And David, he was put in a place of temptation. There were all sorts of difficulties that he encountered. And as a leader, it was even more challenging for him than normal people. And as a king, it was more challenging for him than normal people. But David confessed and he repented. And right up to the end, he was forgiven by God. It was confusing for Tim this morning because you didn't know who to pray for when leading the service, did you? You prayed for Andrew and the words that he would speak. But we did decide that on reflection, God understood that because really we did mess you about this week because Andrew was actually going to preach this morning because it was a rather tricky subject and I wasn't actually that keen on preaching on this subject this morning. But God spoke to me during the week and it just really spoke to me about how I should actually share something about this passage, about this idea of fallen leaders. Not that I'm saying I'm a fallen leader, but I like David. I'm not king, obviously. I'm also not a musician, but I like David. Well, I am actually, but I like David, (laughs) sort of, many years ago. I like David. Do mess up from time to time, and I would hope that I would actually acknowledge that and bring it before God, which I do daily, because we all daily mess up. It's nothing to do with being leader. It's to be doing with being human and being part of the world where temptation is. And when I was listening this week to the Daily Audio Bible, who here listens to the Daily Audio Bible and listened to it this week? Praise God, that is an answer to prayer. Because, I'm going to be honest here, I stole this week. I stole this week from the Daily Audio Bible. I actually have now got something that's based on a proverb, Proverb 27, and really almost word from word I'm going to tell you, perhaps almost word for word, what Brian Harding said this week, which spoke to me as a woman. And also, I think it speaks to people as men as well, but you will be able to tell the test of time. And presumably, Brian said it because God was speaking to him too. But the first reading, the psalm, was actually talking about David messing up. But this proverb, which, as Andrew's already mentioned, would have been written by David's son, Solomon, by his wife Bathsheba, that's another story. This proverb is actually particular to women, however... I think it does relate and helps us to understand how God speaks to each one of us. And not only was this proverb not chosen for me in the sense that it really spoke to me this week, so therefore I used it for that reason, but also I did not realise when I chose this reading that Carol would be doing it. Because Carol and I did have a bit of a giggle when she arrived this morning because it's all about a contentious woman. And I did not choose this reading particularly for Carol, it does have to be said. And in fact, if I knew that Carol was doing this reading, I probably wouldn't have chosen it at all. And then maybe God's word wouldn't have come to you in the same way this morning. So Carol, please do come and read those two short verses, bearing in mind that it speaks to all of us, not just to you and me. Proverbs 27, 15 to 16. 
the constant dripping on a rainy day, and a contentious woman are alike. Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up the oil in his hand. Amen. <laughs> Do love you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> now then, Brian Hardin, as I said, I've borrowed his words. But Brian Hardin admitted that with this reading, we do need to tread delicately. On the face of it, this proverb could be seen as a little sexist. Putting women or a woman down. But it's not like there aren't direct confrontations to men in the Bible because there are plenty of them. And we have to look at the proverbs, those words of wisdom of Solomon, as a whole. Because proverbs is wisdom that has been handed down from the ages and it isn't really there for feelings. It isn't really there to delicately say anything. It actually says very concise things, very briefly, in such a way that you are confronted with the wisdom and then what happens is that you compare yourself to the wisdom and either embrace the wisdom and make some changes or ignore the wisdom at your peril. It's just there. It's just truth. And truth is. And it doesn't really care if you get it or not. It just is. It's an available resource for you or you ignore it and reap what you sow. Brian Hardin, in his comment on this particular proverb, said earlier in his married life, and those of you who were here at the time, you met his wife, Jill, there were times when he'd pull out something like this proverb and say, you are being contentious, Jill. You are like dripping on a rainy day. But he admitted that that never worked well for him, ever. Andrew, take note. <laughs> Particularly for Brian, being married to a red-haired, warm-blooded American. So Brian concluded, and I make no reference to Andrew and myself, Brian concluded that wasn't the intention of this proverb to be used in this way. He also pointed out that he's seen women more contentious with other women than they are between men and women. And if you put it in that context, there's a whole lot, he would admit, in this proverb. You, if you think about it, probably have known contentious women. You may even be a contentious woman. So there's really not a whole lot to do other than to understand what the proverb is saying. Let's just read it again. The constant dripping on a rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up oil in his hands. That's like constant dripping. That's persistent. That's disruptive. That's not gentle rain that lulls you to sleep. That's like dripping that you just can't stop and you just can't get rid of. And this is how 
David says, the psalmist says, and he knows because he had lots of wives. The, sorry, the proverb Solomon, rather, who said this, and he had lots of wives. Even more than his dad David, but that's a whole other thing. Women and David and Solomon was a bit of an issue. Moving on. The contentious woman is like that, said Solomon. Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up oil. So from a feminine and masculine perspective, a guy could say, yes, that's possible. I could control this woman. But a woman could look at her contentious friend and say, that is an impossible situation. Or we could take the proverb for what it is beneath the proverb. What's being said here? Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up oil in their hand. And the reality beneath the proverb is that actually only God can do that. Only God can control the wind or pick up oil in his hand. Which means God can control a contentious woman if she'll let him. I've known contentious women in my life and perhaps at times I've been one. But I haven't known any contentious woman who actually loves being like that. A woman who lives to cause an argument, just lives to stir up trouble and lays down at night off a long day of causing all kinds of conflict and says, well done, I love my life today. I've loved all the things I've been able to mess up today. I've loved all the disruption and destruction. I've loved all the difficulty I've been causing between people. I've loved all the things I've been able to dive into and mess up today. That person may exist, but I've never met her. Because that kind of stuff comes from profound brokenness, profound wounds and deep-seated messages about her identity that are not true. These are reactions to the way she sees herself. So the proverb ends up pointing us back to where the only hope in anything is found. Nobody can control that brokenness, that woundedness, that contentiousness. Except the person who can control the wind or pick up oil in his hand. And yet there is one who can do both these things. One who can deal with the brokenness and woundedness and the crisis of identity. The self-worth and self-loathing and all the things that go with this. There is one who can control this and ironically, ironically, He is waiting as a gentleman would for the opportunity. So even though the proverb is very specific in its gender, the reality is that there is something here for all of us, no matter what our gender. There is one who can press into all these places in us. There is one who said the reason he came was to heal the brokenhearted, and to set the captive free. This is available to us if we will surrender to it. Which means we surrender the brokenness and the wounds. But for some reason we hold on to these things because somehow they give us an identity even though it's not an identity we want because it's familiar and we've got used to it even though we hate it. But there is one who is here to say I've come to give you a different identity, one that is true of you, one that I know because I created you. 
it's time to put off the old clothes and put on the new ones. It's time to let go of some of the things so we may give up, we may surrender and take on our true identity. Constant dripping on a rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Anyone who can control her can control the wind or pick up oil in his hand. Let's pray. Let us pray. Father, we've seen the story of David. We've seen that proverb about the contentious woman. And we thank you in both of those stories that you are the person who can bring healing, cleansing, restoration and forgiveness. But the only way we can do that is we offer and surrender our brokenness and our woundedness to you. We acknowledge that you are the one who can control the wind. Even the wind and waves obey you. You are the one who can pick up oil in your hands and bring your anointing and blessing. So Lord, whether we're man, whether we're a woman, we surrender to you our contentiousness, our pride, our anger, our brokenness, our wounds, our lack of self-worth. We give you our mess. And we thank you, Lord, that you just pick it all up and place it at the foot of your cross where you promise you will restore us even as we come to you and bring forgiveness. That you give us beauty for brokenness. The oil of joy for mourning. Lord, we thank you. And we give you praise as we offer up our life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.